Welcome to episode 6 of Fangirl's Guide to TV. I'm Nora. I'm Dana. I'm Pat. I'm Liv. And we're going to break down everything that's happened in the first two episodes of Arrow this season. It's going to be really exciting. It's been a great start to the season so far. We're going to go around just say our first impressions on the first episode back called Legacy. I think that this was a really strong first episode. I think that it really is going to set up an awesome season already with everything that's going on between the new characters and the flashbacks. So, I mean, the first episode really gave us a good taste of how this season is going to pan out. I agree. I really enjoyed the first episode. I thought it was very re- reminiscent of season one of Arrow, and I like that a lot. Yeah, there were a lot of callbacks. Um, one of like the specific like parallels they had that was a very clear one was when Oliver was tied to the, or not tied, cuffed to the chair, and he says, well, what do you think you're going to do? You're cuffed. And then he just, like, pulls his arms out and he's not cuffed. And that's, mm-hmm. like, a legitimate, like, parallel from the pilot. So, um, I thought that was really cool. I think that the tone is definitely, like, shifted back to the sweet spot of, like, season two Arrow. Um, and I think this is going to be a really good season. Uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's not my favorite Arrow episode. Um, there were some flaws in there for me. Um, just character-wise, which we'll get to. Um, but I think it was a very strong episode, especially after last season, where we were flipping and flopping all over the place with, like, magic and stuff like that, which I definitely think wasn't Arrow. I don't think it was anything Arrow fans signed up for, really. Um, and I kind of felt cheated out of last season, so to get back to it and, like, have all my characters in places that I really liked them, uh, I was really excited about it. Yeah, going back to what Dana said about the parallels, I think that this is kind of where Oliver's at right now is so interesting. It's kind of like, almost like character-wise a la um, Walter White on Breaking Bad, where he's almost in his starting place, but he's just so different now. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of interesting to see how that's going to carry him through the season, where he's back to basically season one Oliver, where anything goes almost. Yeah, I found that interesting, and that... That's one of the character things I think is very odd, the way they're having Oliver react to Laurel's death. Like, I understand mm-hmm. the fact that, like, he's, like, doing it so no one else dies, all the killing and stuff now. Except for the fact that's not what Laurel would have wanted. One of the things that Laurel disliked about the way Oliver was living was the fact that he was killing people. So the fact that one of the characters that he stopped killing for dies, let me go back to killing in her honor, that just doesn't make sense to me. That's the one flaw I had with this episode. I feel like we're supposed to utterly forget all the character development that happened last season, specifically with Oliver, because all of last season was him finding the light within himself and within his relationship with Felicity and through all of that in order to defeat Damien Dark. And now we're back to, oh, screw the light. I'm going to go back to killing everybody in my path. I just don't understand why we can all... I like... Wish there was a better explanation as to why he has put killing back on the table. Besides, I'm killing because I don't want anybody to die because of Laurel. Because like like Dana said, Laurel absolutely would not want that to happen. That would not be a thing she would ever put back on the table for any reason. Like even when Sarah died, she didn't even put that on the table. Mm-hmm. And like that's like the most important thing to her, her family. So I just don't understand why last season was all about him finding the light. And because it was kind of a crappy season, we're back to him killing, but I don't understand why we've regressed his character so much. Yeah, it's such a setback in his character arc, and I just, like you said, wish there was more of a reason. And I'm kind of curious if the way this season goes, if he finds his way back to the light, or if 
or how long he's going to stay in this dark spot where killing is on the table and he's very murderous and I feel like not for very long just because he's training either. new people and he still has Felicity and she is I think doing her best to kind of reel him in a little bit right now um we saw a bit more in the second episode of the season mm-hmm. where like she sees him slipping I think she can see it happening and I think she's trying to like Okay, like, you've had enough of that. We need to, like, get back to our mission, what we want to do for this city. Yeah, I agree that I wish that there was a better explanation for his actions lately. But I will say, on the plus side, it is raising the stakes in a way. I wish that we could have gone about it a different way, but it has, like, by by him, like, killing people again, it's... It's like anything goes, like I said. So it's kind of interesting to see how that's going to carry out. I don't think it is going to last very long either, obviously, because I think there's too many people who believe in him at this point to see him like fall back into all these old patterns that I think that eventually someone's going to bring him back to the light. Do you um, think a huge part of that will be when Diggle eventually comes back? I hope so. I That he I will be so. one of the deciding factors of him like putting an end to this whole killing thing. We already see a little bit with Thea kind of being like, what are you doing? Like, this isn't the way it should be. And Felicity, too. But people are already, like, trying to pull him away from that set, like, that part of him. I think a good jumping off a point for this, just because we're talking about Laurel, is, like, I was not a huge fan. And it's not because, like, I'm an Elicity fan. Like, I'm an Elicity fan, but I'm also a Laurel fan. Yeah. Like, I like Laurel as a character past season two. Yeah. Post-season two Laurel. I actually did enjoy Katie Cassidy in that role. Mm-hmm. But I was absolutely 110% not a fan of the fact that she carried the entire storyline of the first episode of the show. I was not a fan of that just because, I don't know, she died and, like, I feel bad about that and, like, we've moved on. But, like, I don't understand why every two minutes it was like, Laurel would have wanted this. Do you think that that was the writers trying to backpedal a little bit when all of the uh, Lolliver fans and fans of the original comics were so angry when they killed off the Black Canary? I said that in, like, another roundtable I do about Arrow, um, where I felt like it was the writers having to physically explain once again why they decided to kill her off and they blatantly had to make it so it was like it wasn't like we killed her off because of felicity you know what i mean they had to give her a purpose to being killed off which ended up being carrying on the black canary mantle again i don't understand why we're carrying on the black canary mantle but we memorialized laurel as the black canary in a statue in Star City. Well, and it's also on her grave, too. Uh, yeah. I, why even Why even tell people that she was the Black Canary then? Yeah. If we're going to have another person eventually run around as the Black Canary, why have that whole storyline with Evelyn now that, I mean, Evelyn's back now and she's going to be Artemis. Mm-hmm. But why have that whole episode right after she died where they were all upset that Evelyn was being the Black Canary? And that was after <laughs> the fact that Oliver had heard Laurel's last words, which were, don't let me be the last black canary. So I'm utterly confused. Speaking of which, why was that such a secret that, that those were her last words? It know. didn't actually make sense that they were. this was a big cliffhanger. They could have said that last season. 
I would have preferred those to be the last thing, like the last words that we hear from Laurel Lance than, I loved you, be with Felicity. Because like, I love, we're all huge, like, Elicity fans, don't get us wrong, but all it does is place the blame on the fact that they're like, oh, they're trying to get rid of the Black Canary so that Oliver will be with the, with Felicity. And then all of the anti-Elicity people are like jumping down people's throats because of it. Not to, like, backpedal the last season, but, like, the fact that you made Laurel Lance's last words, like, you belong with Felicity, I've always loved you. When that's a story that they closed a long time ago. A long time ago. And, like, Laurel had moved on from Oliver ages ago. Sorry, Oliver fans, you shouldn't be listening to this if you like them, I'm sorry. But... Should have been about Tommy. Those should have been the last words. Yeah! I don't understand why we backpedaled that far, because, to give her, like... An emotional closure. Also, I feel like it detracted from her character in general because she became such a strong character as the Black Canary, and then you'll have her last final words be like, I always loved you, Oliver. Dead. You're the (laughs) one true love of my life. I have not kissed you or slept with you or said anything about having any sort of affection for you beyond friendship for two seasons. But I, you're my soulmate. Like, I don't... Yeah. yeah. It didn't make sense. I just didn't understand why Laurel was kind of a driving force in this episode, because I agree that it was basically, like, the writer... I felt like... The writer's apologizing. Yeah. It, I felt like it was the writers apologizing for Laurel being dead, and then giving her a storyline in this season, even though she's dead. There shouldn't be, because at this point, already, it's been, what, four or five months since it's been she five died? Months, yeah, yeah, five months since she died. The characters should have already, like, moved on themselves at this point. That was another thing I was going to say. Like, she died so, like, not, it wasn't, like, the last episode of the last season. It was, like, we're it was talking, four like, episodes four episodes before, before the end. So there was quite a few, like, time this is feeling just a little, like, forced that everyone's, like, still, it's still so fresh for them. Like, it's, like, a wound that hasn't, like, won't close. The only storyline I understand it affecting this much is Quentin. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the only storyline I experienced expected it to like I knew Donna Smoke wasn't coming back um I knew Charlotte had told me that she wasn't slated to appear in the beginning of the season so you know them driving off to the sunset that really wasn't gonna last and you knew that was gonna be because of Laurel and I like that Quentin really has to pick himself back up again that storyline makes utter sense to me Mm -hmm. but I don't understand why Thea not being speedy anymore also has to deal with Laurel like, I get it, they were friends, and, like, I'll call them, they were more, like, sisters by mm-hmm. the end, but I, I, like, I wish Thea had more of her own motives to not put on the speedy mask. How about just not wanting to do it anymore? Yeah, not- like, one of the things she said when she's, like, I'm so happy that I get to work in this office and just be a normal version of myself. That alone is enough motivation for me. I agree. Not everything has to center around laurel's death which happened such a long time ago at this point in the show i agree i know we're like trying to keep it linear but like can we like discuss thea in like the mayor's office and how she's essentially the mayor with oliver as the figurehead and i love that i really like that and i knew that storyline was coming just based on interviews and comic-con stuff and i think it's a really good spot for her because Thea, and we can talk about Felicity a little later on because I know we're going to have a lot to say about her, but... Good and bad. Yeah, Thea, Mm -hmm. like Felicity, has never really had her own Mm storyline. Like, Thea's always been, like, the younger sister. Unless you count the drug (laughs) drug plotline from, like, season (laughs) one. Yeah, unless you count the drug plotline, but, like, 
you, like, she ran Oliver's club, but, like, that was still attached to Oliver hiding the lair. And then she was attached to Roy, who, I mean, like, attach her to Roy all you want. But, like, <laughs> um, she was then attached to Roy, and then the last two seasons, painstakingly has been attached to Malcolm, mm-hmm. even though that should have ended a while ago. We'll put a pin in that until Barrowman eventually shows up down yeah. the road. Um, but I really like that she's the mayor. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's also just such a great development going from, yeah, the teenager who we saw, like, taking drugs in season one, and then you have, how old is she, 22? Yeah, she's, like, 22, I would 22, say. 23, maybe? And, like, she's running this city, and it's just such a great thing to see how she changed so much. Yeah, I think, I agree, I think that it's cool to see her in this position of power, even though it was, like, bittersweet to see her put on that speedy suit for the last time, mm-hmm. at least for a little bit, it was kind of just, like, a nice, like, way to close off that mm-hmm. part of her storyline for now, I'm saying. I don't think that we're gonna see her, the like, not, still yeah, I mean, it's still there, it's not well, going anywhere. she even anymore. put it on, it won't be yeah. I was She's actually all... surprised that they had her put it on the first episode. Yeah. And I mean, she's still using her skills to spy on other people. Yeah. <laughs> Which I really enjoyed. <laughs> um, I think before we talk about the new characters, um, specifically the new Team Arrow, we have to talk about the flashbacks yeah. um, to Brock the Oliver. So much better than the yeah. flashbacks oh. from the past two seasons. Ever since oh, they yeah. left the island... The flashbacks have been the weakest part of Arrow for me, at least. Mm, I, I to the point where I literally would zone out or just start talking about other parts of the episode during them. Um, but this season, they're very interesting. Um, they are connecting back to the plot of the actual episodes again mm-hmm. to a way in a way that makes me want to pay attention to them because I'm like, oh, this is, information will be important later. Like, I couldn't even remember what last season flashbacks were. When this yeah. season started of Arrow, I had no idea. I couldn't remember. So I, I do like how this uh, links back. And I'm very excited to see how this season the flashbacks link up to how uh, we saw Oliver in season one when they found him on the island. That's going to be so interesting to see, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that this has the flashbacks are so great because there's such a brutality to them. I think there's just, it's again, it's raised the stakes in that way. I think that that they're like this the way the storyline's connecting with this one. It's like just kind of it is, is reminiscent of season one flashbacks a little bit for me, where we're just like it's almost feels like new and exciting in a way that the other couples past couple seasons really haven't been doing. Yeah, um, I'm like Pav. I review Arrow weekly I write about it and I couldn't tell you what the flashbacks were about last season. I had to look up the characters' names. Every week, which never is something I have to do. I just thought they, like, yeah, they had the element of magic, and it was, like, the magic Dark was using. I just think it was so far removed from anything that Oliver would ever be involved in, which was why I don't like, I did not enjoy them. I'm really enjoying Brava Oliver because it's something I have been interested in since season one when he said he was from the Bratva, and they even go to Russia in that episode, and I really enjoyed that. The only downfall for me with the flashbacks right now, which will go away, I'm sure, by the time we hit, like, episode four or five, is, like, I don't like that Oliver's driving force in Russia is he has to go kill Tiana from the island's person that she's upset with, and I, like, don't get why that's, like, 
That's why I must stay in Russia. I don't understand which, that. Which ties back to almost all of the characters' motivations. Like, I, I will accept, like, all these things. Like, Oliver's back killing again. Oliver's in Russia. Thea doesn't want to be in Team Air anymore. I would accept all these things if they had better... Motives. Explanations. Yeah, yeah, motives. Better better reasons for why they're doing these things. Um, do you think... I mean, I think anyway, the reason why... Arrow has been trying to put all of these um, magical elements into the show is because they're trying to replicate the success the Flash has had. Yes, one hundred and ten percent. And trying, I, I think they're also they were also trying to tweak it so that they could cross over the Flash more easily. Mm. Um, but I just think that it it works fine on its own, and I think that um, the fact that they seem to be trying to shake that a little bit more this season is gonna benefit the show. I've like said it in various other places. I talk about Arrow. But Arrow's greatest downfall was launching the other superhero shows. Mm-hmm. I honestly 110% think that because they felt like they had to explain these other worlds they were creating. So, like, last season, they had to keep up with the fact that Flash had metahumans. Where, in all honesty, coming from a very devout Arrow fan that's watched since the beginning... Mm-hmm. We totally would have accepted that the metahumans are only in Central City. Yeah. yeah. Like, I wouldn't have questioned it. And it would have been totally fine with me until a metahuman showed up during the crossover once a year. Yeah. Totally would have been fine with Wouldn't that. Wouldn't have questioned it at all. Even, like, the fact that the Legends time travel, accepted that it happens on Legends, it does not need to happen on Arrow, I accept that totally fine. My, I honestly, the more I thought thought about it, I did not enjoy the crossover last last year because it's all about Hawkman and Hawk Girl yeah. and all the magic and the time traveling like that was so far from Arrow I was just annoyed about it and Barry Allen fucking up the Arrow timeline which is kind of like oh Ugh. it's kind of like the, he's like it's not his show even though like we do like the crossovers but he's screwing up another show's timeline right it's kind of like oh well and, and I know that the the Arrow in the, I guess, the DC universe now, it's no longer just the Arrowverse, but in the DCverse, like, they all assume that you watch all the shows now, so, like, could you imagine if you're, like, just an Arrow viewer, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, yeah, just, like, Liv is, could you just imagine you're watching the show, and suddenly, like, wait, where's baby Sarah? Wait, when did Diggle get a son? I'm so confused. Yeah. I don't know. I think Arrow's biggest strength this season will be the fact that they don't have to launch another show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I'm really happy about, and I'm glad they're not, like, trying to, quote-unquote, relaunch Supergirl. Like, I like how they're like, they know what's happening. And, like, this is a total side note, but, like, my theory is in the Supergirl um, crossover last season, how Barry went to a totally different Earth, and that's how Supergirl's Mm -hmm. there. I think Supergirl is now in our Earth because of the Flashpoint on the Mm -hmm. Flash. That's a total side note, but we're just going to run with it. I would accept it, though. I would accept it Uh, if that was the reason they gave. But, yeah, definitely. I think the magic aspect really hindered Arrow Mm -hmm. and, like, pushed it way past why we all watch the show. Like, let's be honest. We watched it for the brutality, Mm -hmm. and we watched it because the Green Arrow isn't a, quote-unquote, superhero he's a man trying to save his city he's a vigilante yeah Mm -hmm. and like the fact that we got 110 degrees past that was why i did not really enjoy last season so i'm really excited about this season well and i feel like even though they broke them up elicity's chemistry is like through the roof from the first two episodes Mm -hmm. and i just think that's so interesting considering the fact that felicity's not even single right now 
But, like, their chemistry oh. is, like, amazing right now. Like, I'm, like, it's even season- more, like, I've, I've fallen back. And I don't want to say I wasn't, like, in love with Elicity last season, but I'm more in love with Elicity right now we're than back to season. we're back to season two right. chemistry right. of yeah. Elicity, which was what we fell in love with yesterday. I am so <laughs> incredibly angry I know. that they oh, yeah. threw her into a relationship. This isn't even just an Elicity thing. No! This is... <laughs> I'm a Eli- I am a Felicity Smoke fan first, mm-hmm. and Elicity fan second. Oh, yeah. Anybody who knows me knows that's the case. I will follow Felicity to the ends of the earth. I could care... Not that I could care less, but, like, we'll put Elicity off to the side. The fact that I was so excited... I'm getting so angry. <laughs> the fact that I was so excited to see Felicity's singular storyline this season involving the fallout from Haven Rock. She blew up everywhere. The fact that I was so excited about that. The fact that I was excited for her to get back into being with Team Arrow and, like, not having to, like, dance around Oliver. She's kind of the hinchpin right now. Mm-hmm. For the fact that we got her out of the wheelchair, the fact that we were back to Felicity, which we saw... Being Felicity. Being Felicity, which we saw hints of it in episode two, like, she was back cracking jokes, and, like, that was fine. But the fact that we felt the need to throw her into a relationship with right a off the kid. bat really bothered me. Yeah, I don't even understand why I'm supposed to like this relationship. Yeah, it's like a throwaway character because she's already in the middle of this relationship. Like, why? You know, do we she's not care? staying. Yeah, with it's him. not. We know it's you not even gonna last. Saw, you even saw it in the second episode when she went to go hand him the piece of Ragman's thing, and she was kind of pulling an Oliver and like saying, "Oh yeah, I found this because of X, Y, and Z." And, like, he hasn't met any of her friends. She hasn't really told him anything about her. It's like she they've flitted off to another relationship because they didn't want the Olicity fans getting angry that she was single and why isn't she with Oliver? We would have accepted it and moved on. Kind of like another CW show I know that did that this season. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Put a pin in that one. <laughs> I just wanted to say that, like, for the first two seasons... Felicity was on her own. She was a strong character. She didn't need anyone. And then suddenly she started dating Ray. Once she, she started dating Ray, after that broke off, she was with Oliver. After that broke off, she's suddenly with this random guy. What's this guy's Detective name? Malone. It's broken brain. <laughs> See, but I don't even feel the need to remember his name because I know that he's gonna and be like, gone by the end of the season. And like, season. honestly, nothing against Tyler Ritter. He's a great actor, really funny, love him to death. Sorry, I don't like you on the show already. And you've only been in, what, a scene and a half? Well, and also I feel like they didn't give us a chance to get to know their relationship. Nope. Didn't get didn't get to see him meet. Didn't get to see their relationship develop at all. They just no. threw him right into the point where he was at her house before she was home. So they're like in a semi, like it, it must be in the beginning stages because it's only been like five months. But it's enough of a relationship that he is at her place when she's not there. Serious. So it's like getting semi-serious right now. How did we get so there so fast? They didn't give us a chance to like see what their dynamic is. Didn't get to see like what it is about him that she likes. Like there's nothing like there really for me. It's just like, oh, this is her new boyfriend. I enjoy him. Yeah, I really wish we got at least like a couple of episodes where Felicity was on her own. Like I knew that this was coming, but I really wanted to see her on her own and try to rebuild herself after what happened at Haven Rock. Like, I really wanted to see her struggling on her own. It sounds awful, but I did. Collective breath after that. All right. I think we're going to move on to, (laughs) before we get too angry about everything Elicity-related, 
Let's move on to the new recruits for Team Arrow 2.0. Yes. We've got Curtis, we've got Evelyn, and we've got Wild Dog, we've got Renee. What do we all think? Um, I actually really like all three of these characters. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about Evelyn. I wasn't, like, in love with her when they first introduced her last season. Just because I thought she was being silly and, like, not really, like, logical about Mm -hmm. her thought process with becoming the Black Canary. Mm -hmm. But now, like, this Evelyn that we're seeing, we're seeing... um, Someone who's more likable and someone that you see who's actually really dedicated to wanting to save the city. Mm-hmm. Taking it seriously. Um, yeah, taking it more seriously. And I think maybe part of that was, like, the speech that Oliver gives her last season. But um, overall, I think they're really great. Obviously, I love Curtis. And in the second episode, Curtis really won me over with the speech that he gave Oliver. Basically, mm-hmm. telling like telling him how it is. Being like, dude, you gave us no reason to follow you. Why should we trust you? So... I don't know. I think it's been really good. And, of course, I like Wild Dog because he sticks up to Oliver. And as much as I love Oliver, there's nothing I love more than watching Oliver getting his, like, ass whooped verbally by Mm -hmm. people. (laughs) Wild Dog is the new love of my life. Gonzalez (laughs) is so cute. And I love him in this, like, role. I like that he's, like, the problem child of the group. And they just go head to head when they are fighting. I am, like, seriously, like, in my glory over here. I think that he's... His character arc is going to kill me, I can already tell, and I'm already so excited to see him sort of become, he wants to do this on his own, but he's also, like, really kind of curious to what Oliver can teach him, and you can tell he doesn't want to, like, admit how interested he is in all this, but he is so, like, he wants to save the city, too, and I think there's some, I just see so much potential in him. What I love about the three new recruits is that they started bonding, the three of them, together, Mm -hmm. True, because of what Oliver was putting them through. Ring the bell! <laughs> but they bond- Back to the line! <laughs> they bonded so well together because it was an awful experience, but mm-hmm. you could see how they were starting to talk a bit, like amongst each other, and they were just sort of bonding, and they had a lot to share. Here's the thing about the second episode that kind of like threw me off in the second episode with the flashbacks versus what Oliver was having him do that was like the clear connection was Oliver's put it Oliver was putting them through the same training that he was put through when he was initiated into Bratva. My only thing my only hang up with it was that at the they end of that storyline <laughs> they killed the other two and this one I'm like who's he gonna kill? At least he didn't shoot anyone <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah. And I know I know like obviously he wasn't planning on doing that, but that's what was I was I was thinking about the entire time after that happened. Uh, I really like all three of them. I'm a huge OTA fan, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not even talking about Thea and Laurel. Mm-hmm. Like, original OTA, yeah. Diggle, Felicity, and Oliver. Yeah. And I really like that we're basically seeing versions of Felicity, Diggle, and Oliver in these people. Like, Curtis is clearly Felicity, like, the brains of the operation, mm-hmm. but, like, really wants to get on the streets and, like, help people and really is doing it for the greater good, not for himself. And that's why Felicity does it, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, we saw it even with the Haven Rock storyline. She chose the greater good over saving a certain, like, one specific place. Um, Evelyn, I think, will end up being the Diggle because she's kind of like, she's doing it. But, you know, she um, when we she was introduced, she was doing it because of her dad, I think, or a family member. Yeah. And so, like, that's totally Diggle. Like, he originally was doing it for his brother, and his brother ended up being batshit crazy. But, you know, like, that kind of thing. And then... Wild Dog is clearly Oliver, like, going it alone, but then will end up doing it for the team. They're actually so much alike. Like, so I I can see, like, this actually, I I think, will turn into a 
big bro shit Me too. themselves. Like, yeah. obviously it'll never compare to Oliver and Diggle. What they yeah. have is, like, so strong. But, like, you, you can tell already that they are so much alike that they're gonna be very close at some point. Yeah. Well, that's why they butt heads so much yeah. is because yeah. they're alike. Yeah. And because he, I think Oliver obviously sees so much of himself, I think, in the way he... Or, like, so much of his original self, I guess I should say, mm-hmm. in Wild Dog. So I think that that is going to kind of, like... The way Nick, like, that's what I'm talking about with the character arc. I really can't wait to see how they kind of, sort of, come to understand each other a little better. I also like that they're the kids to mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. like, my favorite thing that Felicity has to rein dad in, yeah. quote unquote. Um, I really enjoy them, and I think people, even if you were a huge OTA fan, you're going to find a portion of these three characters you're going to love. I'm kind of curious to see where the Diggle subplot oh, is going yeah. to go, because oh, yeah. we, were, we were talking about this earlier, how, like, we don't really understand how it's going to fit into the plot later on in the season, and I'm really hoping that as the storyline with Diggle progresses, and, like, co- maybe he ends up coming back to Star City, maybe it'll tie in more, but right now it's just, like, Diggle has a completely side storyline that is completely unrelated to what's happening in Arrow. Yeah, that was my one weak spot within the second episode. I think the second episode was really tight storytelling-wise, but the only weak spot for me was how fast Diggle's storyline progressed. Like, in that single episode, we see him, like, within his battalion, and you see how, like, high up he is within that military group. You see him take a new recruit under his wing. You see that them get into a compromising situation. You see Diggle put his life on the line. Then you see him, he is now being accused of friendly fire and taking, like, a military-grade weapon. And I get it, it's probably to progress it fast enough so he doesn't get to Star City and it's, like, the second-to-last episode of this season. Mm-hmm. But, like, I I think that could have been stretched out between, like, three episodes as mm-hmm. opposed to the one. So, like, now I really don't know where we're headed because, like, Diggle's tied up being accused of friendly fire and I, the only way I can see out of it is if he busts his way out and ends back up at Star mm-hmm. City. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was kind of upset with that because I thought they set up something really good between Diggle and the new recruit. Yeah, and and honestly, even if they waited a couple more episodes to kill him off, I would have cared more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more of an emotional, like, hit. Yeah, exactly. All right, that's it for episode six of Fangirl's Guide to TV. Thanks for tuning in.